Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on or embolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. A lot of very important things to talk about, including conversations about narratives. Also about the violence south of our border that's gotten the attention of so many, especially over the last 24 hours. And we will delve into the concerns that have been expressed about how our country comes to grips with what is happening on both sides of the border. Of Mexico I want to begin in a very different place before I share a story with you I just want to set the table a little bit one of the issues that has been a long-standing issue has been the question of the role of you know the word is used religion I would prefer to use the word God, because that's most important. Because I think people talk about the separation of church and state, when in reality, what they're really talking about is the separation of God from state. And they're talking about the separation of God from everything. Because this is what they believe. God should be disassociated with everything. I'm setting up for some comments that will probably surprise you. One of the things that I talk a lot about on this program is the importance of life integration. Uh, I consider myself so blessed. I've mentioned to you the person I very much consider a spiritual father and mentor, Don Atkin, is passing away some weeks ago. And... It was through Don I met Steve Crosby, and one of the things, the phrases that still stays with me from Steve and the times we've talked, the messages he shared, the ministry we've done together, is one phrase. I love this phrase. It's life integration. This is one of the, if if you don't understand anything else about who I am and what I do, I believe in life integration. What does this mean? To me, life is not about a bunch of disconnected things. You know, you, we like to segment things. You ever see people who, you know, they, they are absolutely adamant. Every bit of food on my, my plate has to be separated. You know, they should never touch. You know, the, the corn, the potatoes, the meat, they all have to remain separate. They, I cannot let them touch each other. frankly this is how a lot of people are about their so-called religion you know I've got my religious life here my social life there my political life here my job and career it's over here parenting is over there now in a genuine now if this is not the way you're trying to live it's another story but in the life of someone who is healthy in one form or another there should be some Expression of life integration. It's all part of the same. My job is a, is a part of my 24-7 worship. Worship to me is not about going into a building and singing songs on a Sunday morning. Worship is the whole thing. We've got people, though, who believe that... And, and this is because so many people, they base their views on ritual, and they va- base their views, and frankly, this is driven by just pure secularism, which needs to be understood, 
is a religious view. Don't let anybody tell you, someone who claims to be an atheist, that they are a person who is non-religious. Everybody's religious. And if I sit and I talk with you for half an hour and find out what's really in your heart, I will found, find out what your religion is, because you've got one. For the radical women's groups, the religion is domination. That's what it is about. It's about domination, and it's about killing babies. I know I'm going to meddling now, aren't I? I'm just giving you this as an example. So it needs to be understood. Everybody's got religion. The question is, what was the intent with the Founding Fathers? We've had discussions about this before. There's no indication from Jefferson, who is cited as the one who talked about this wall of separation between church and state, based on his behavior and some of the things that were done under his watch and under his leadership and his own personal involvement. You cannot make the successful argument this man wanted to separate someone's spiritual walk and journey and life from government. That was never the intent. Never the intent. So what we have is an increasing secularization. And you see the fruits, the fruits of this every day. How is it working? How is that working for us? This progressive secularization of society. I know there's probably very few things I will ever agree with Eric Adams on. My friend Jonathan down in Texas sent me this story yesterday and just blew my mind. I thought, what in the world? New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and I want you to forget about his politics for a moment. And I want you to just listen to what he has to say. Because I think it's quite powerful. This is at an interfaith breakfast. Listen to what Eric Adams had to say about faith in his life and within our system. Listen up. I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. When I walk, I walk with God. When we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. New York City is a place where the mayor of New York is a servant of God. Wow. He also said this, don't tell me about separation of church and state. State is the body, church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. Wow. As you might expect, the Anti-Christian Lawyers Union, that's what I call the ACLU, They've blasted this. We're a nation and a city of many faiths and no faith. In order for the government to truly represent us, it must not favor any belief over another, including non-belief. Now, I want you to understand what she means by this is non-belief needs to dominate. Dominate. That is her religion. That's what she wants to impose on everybody else. But I share this. There is hope. I'm encouraged that there's a man who's actually a Democrat who has made such a bold declaration. We can talk about his ideas and disagree with them, but this man is right on point on this subject. Stay with us. Still coming to the broadcast, we will talk about that shocking kidnapping murders in Mexico and the reaction to it here in the United States of America what is the solution what is what is the correct response from our government if you'd like to join the conversation GS plumbing talk line 800-928-1110 800-928-1110 the common sense retirement planning text line it's 71307 on that text line, I knew this would spark a lot of conversation. 
I'm very much for separation of church and state because the state should not have a say in how we worship. That doesn't mean that morals shouldn't be involved in government decisions. Right now, everyone is for religious freedoms, for all religions except for Christianity. Yep, it's kind of been turned on its head, hasn't it? Also, this person saying, okay, Tucker Carlson once again, you are a little bit too extreme. Please tell me. And I'm, I'm not, and I'm serious when I say this, don't text me again about extreme. Call me and tell me, give me a specific example of anything I've said that's extreme. Tell me anything that Tucker Carlson has said that's extreme. Because we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, about what's going on with narratives because I, I, I have to tell you, I'm disgusted by the things I'm seeing and hearing in response to what he aired on his broadcast. It's, it's really crazy to me how many people are reacting and responding to something that was not said. That's the problem. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Because this is really monumental stuff. If we don't get this kind of thing right, if we can't even, if we're not even talking about the same things, we're not going to come to agreement. Just want to be clear about that. At the beginning, talking about how our lives must be integrated. Amen, Vince. I'm on the roof right now. But you're the one nailing it. <laughs> That's Lewis out of Spartanburg. Appreciate your kind words. I love this text. This may be text of the day right here. Vince, a person's religion can be self. And it is for most people. That is their religion. Self. Vince, I agree with you 100% about the reference to God rather than religion. There's a big difference. Those who are touting the separation of religion and state, they're really talking about keeping God out of everything. It's the enemy at work. The following of God's word and the principle that Jesus demonstrated for us is not about rituals. So happy to hear you infuse the teachings of Jesus and the one true God into your radio show. Thank you for that. On uh, not putting food together, Vince, my son grew up where if his food touched, he wouldn't eat it. And he cried when we made him. <laughs> I still know grown people were still like this. Chris out of Shelby, yes. Vince, I'm trying to understand why you feel it necessary to talk about your faith all the time. Could it be that you have an overwhelming need for affirmation? I ask in a respectful way. I think it's kind of self-evident. Did I not say I believe in life integration? Everything is together. I don't say this because I'm trying to gloat or boast or, or anything like that. My relationship with God is connected to everything. Everything. So there's nothing that I can separate from it. If that's uncomfortable, we can have a conversation about that. Vince, I will say this. Mayor Adams said all the right stuff. I'm hoping he was speaking from the heart. Maybe God is working in his life. Hope he does a better job at what he's supposed to do. Also, I do not like my peas, green beans, or corn touching my mac and cheese or my mashed potatoes. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Wake up and smell the coffee, Vince. Mayor Lori Lightfoot lost her bid for re-election. Now Eric Adams is putting on the Ritz to save his job. <laughs> I don't think so. I really don't. Jim out of Easley saying, Eric Adams... He's paying lip service to the masses. Democrats lie whether they need to or not. <laughs> Here's another ACLU. I've never heard this one. American communists living undercover. Oh, that's clever. That is clever. <laughs> Vince, I think you talk about religion so much because you recognize your hypocrisy and want to do better. But in the party of Trump and white, oh my goodness. And white supremacists stopping. Oh my gosh, really? This is crazy. <laughs> Brother, you are extreme. Extremely reserved, in my opinion. 
There is no separation clause in the First Amendment, this person says. That... Huh. I wonder what that's supposed to mean. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. And you're always welcome to comment. And ideally, I say this all the time, ideally, if you disagree with me, I want to hear from you by phone, call. Let's have a conversation. Uh, Let's talk about what happened the other night with the Tucker Carlson special. Let me just tell you, as I understand it, the part that I was listening to, and, and in full disclosure, I did not watch that entire special. The parts that I listened to, I thought were unassailable. The point that Tucker Carlson was making. I don't think there was any any sound argument against what he communicated. What I heard was a specific case referring to this one guy who has been prosecuted, and I believe there's plenty of evidence that this may be prosecutorial misconduct. I do. I believe that very strongly. I want you to hear some of the reactions to what was said in that special, the first will come from Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell commenting about Tucker Carlson. Let's listen to Mitch McConnell what he has to say. My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. (laughs) My mind is blown here. Because this is something the Republicans should have simply sat back and just let the the Democrats have a conniption about this. Because they're they're arguing a case, they're arguing against a case that nobody made. That's my perspective here. Nobody is saying that that there was not violence. I think what they're saying is there are instances when narratives are completely wrong and they've been blown out of proportion. And on that, Tucker is absolutely correct. We'll talk about this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And on that text line, and I'm going to use this text as an example of what's wrong with this country. Come on, Vince. Yesterday you portrayed the riots as tours. You can't have it both ways. Nobody said any such thing. And this is exactly what Tucker Carlson is dealing with. He gave a specific incident regarding a specific person who was given a tour by authorities in the Capitol building. That's the point he was making. That there's no evidence of this guy participating in any violence whatsoever. So the point is, what, and, and this comes down to, this is just pure laziness. That's what it is. It's laziness. This is why I so believe in the importance of the idea of us being individuals. Because we always get into ter- dangerous territory when we throw people together. Okay, this is January 6th. Anybody was there. Here's what I think 
is happening here. Anybody who was there on the Capitol grounds whatsoever. First off, if you listen to the propaganda from the left, the whole thing was an insurrection. So if you were even there at the Capitol the day of the event, you're an insurrectionist. This is the kind of sloppy, lazy, stupid, asinine reasoning that is promoted and propagated by the mainstream news media every single solitary day. And Frank, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to come out and say it. I hope a number of these news agencies are sued into oblivion. I do. I hope we have situations that are repeated just like that young man from Covington, Kentucky. And I hope it's repeated so many times these companies go bankrupt for broad rushing, broad brushing, and slandering people. What I'm appealing to, if you're within the sound of my voice, I'm appealing to you to deal with individuals as individuals. You want to talk about the event? Let's talk about the event. You want to talk about an individual person? You need to have all the facts on what happened. Otherwise, you should shut your fat trap. I'm going to trust somebody who has gone through and looked at all the video over a politician who is grandstanding and looking to score political points by scaring the crap out of people, which is what people like Chuck Schumer are doing. So let's get to Chuck Schumer. First off, taking aim at Chuck, at Tucker Carlson for what was aired the other night. Here are his comments where he's targeting Tucker. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious. Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. Many of my staff were here at the Capitol on January 6th. Their lives were put in danger, as were the lives of many of my colleagues, as well as police, maintenance staff, reporters, countless others. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. Do you know who he's talking about? He's talking about himself. Pot, meat, kettle. Go look in a freaking mirror. Everything he has just said about Tucker Carlson, this is what the Democrat Party has been doing with January 6th from the beginning. They have presented the most shameful hours with that scam of a hearing that took place on January 6th. They have lied to their audience, to their constituents. And no, this was not a violent insurrection. Nowhere near it. That part of the narrative has always been a lie. Cherry picking? <sighs> These people are so good at it. Because that's exactly what you have done. You have cherry picked. But there's more. See, and I think this is what's really dangerous. A government official having the temerity to dare a network not to broadcast something that's really what Chuck Schumer does next listen up when he basically says don't do any more segments on this listen up Fox News 
Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. <laughs> and Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. But after last night, it looks like a disaster. <laughs> Spe Speaker McCarthy has played a treacherous, a treacherous game by catering to the hard right. He's enabled the big lie and has further eroded away at our precious democracy. What a low point for Speaker McCarthy. What a low point for Fox News. Democrats, Republicans, independents need to take a stand and call out Mr. Carlson's conduct for what it is, a dangerous, unforgivable attempt to destabilize our democracy and rewrite the history of the worst attack on our Constitution since the Civil War. Are you hearing this nonsense? This? You know, you know what's the biggest, the most dangerous attack on our Constitution? It's people like you, Mr. Schumer. It's the people in Washington, D.C. who have the power to undermine our Constitution from the inside. This is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But then again, this is what we would expect from people like Chuck Schumer. Coming up. We'll talk about the Mexican murders. Stay with us. On the Vince Coakley radio program. By the way, those of you interested in continuing to follow in the days ahead, the best way to do so is on the Vince Coakley page on Facebook. Just look for the Vince Coakley with the microphone. That's the easiest way to find that page. That is on Facebook. So you can follow the latest developments. Over on the text line, this person says a two-hour dust-off versus the Civil War. Maybe Schumer needs to needs a cognitive test. <laughs> Vince, he's asking Fox to censor. Hey, Upchuck, you ever heard of the First Amendment? Exactly. Sick him, Vince, this texter says. Are you calling me a dog? Just kidding. Chuck Schumer reminds me in his little speech of when he'd threaten... These Supreme Court justices. Uh, yep. Another person saying, you are right. He's telling everyone what the Dems are doing. This guy is a scab on America. Another person. Schumer's the same piece of garbage who threatened the SCOTUS by names. Pretty unfortunate, isn't it? it it's amazing to me. The nerve. Is this Chucky the same guy that shamelessly lied on network television about Russian collusion, Russian interference in our elections? What a shyster. Gaslighting at its finest. I literally saw smoke, violence, and destruction on live TV at the Capitol and on its steps January 6th intended to stop the certification of a new president. That's a coup attempt, Coakley. And you think that had any possibility any possibility of happening <laughs> it's crazy let's go out to a call here from mike in charlotte good morning mike good morning vince hey i heard your um um urging of the audience that you know if someone disagreed with you just to call and so i i did and wonderful so i and your screener asked, well, you know, where, what do you disagree with? <laughs> I had to chuckle and say, well, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> but I will, I'll focus on what I believe, um, and I, we'll see if you agree with this or not. Is Tucker Carlson's main thrust 
from what I, what I heard, and he doubled down on it last night because I was I was listening to him again last night. Um, um, and in essence, what he is saying, his his overreaching message is January six was not really a big deal, you know, and and that I think is his overreaching message, and I think what you're trying to do, but tell me if I'm wrong. You're wanting to focus in on this one particular story and really talk about that while ignoring the the big deal of January 6th in terms of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands, of people illegally storming the Capitol with the purpose of stopping a vote to certify a free and fair election. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, let me ask you. Where, where, do you, where do you come down on that, Vince? Right here. Was it not a big deal? Let me ask you a question, Mike. Sure. Okay, let me put two narratives before you. Okay. Uh, let's say narrative number one is what Chuck Schumer said a few minutes ago. This is the worst attack on democracy since the Civil War, yada, yada, yada. Let's say, on the other hand, you have people who are completely dismissive. Oh, this was completely no big deal at all negligible I will tell you I'm in neither camp I think it needs to be seen for what it is yes there were people who illegally stormed the Capitol criminal behavior needs to be addressed but I do not believe it rises to the level of an insurrection I, I, th I think both narratives again remember I talk all the time Mike on this program about how I believe that one of our problems is we have false binary choices. The choices here are not to say this was some big insurrection or completely ignore it. The correct choice, the correct choice is to characterize and to address the individuals involved in this and to appropriately prosecute them for their individual behavior. That's what I'm saying. And you're, and you're, I totally agree that you know I think we okay. So, so often are faced with a binary choice, and I'm wondering if uh, that individual might include the individual who most people think instigated this entire event, and that would be Donald Trump. Is, that, is, is he an individual that's worth looking at the possible criminal behavior that he exhibited on the days leading up to that and and they're doing that mike they're they're doing have they not been doing that for the last what two three years i mean this is uh and and is there what is the criminal evidence for that mike I, that's my question well there's an abundance of it in the sense that there have been all kinds of communications and this, this is not coming from the democrats the people that have been okay. most... We're, we're about out of time here. You've got to tell me real quickly what criminal act did Donald Trump commit? What was it? You, you should be able to do it in one line. If you can't do it in one line, you can't prosecute. <laughs> he violated federal law by trying to stop an election. Okay. Um, we'll see if they can make that case, Mike. Hey, I appreciate your call. Do call again. Hour number two straight ahead. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice of reason, an oasis of civility and humanity. I'm on a journey, the pursuit of truth, not just facts to fill the head, but also life-changing power to change hearts and transform minds. A journey of relationship, to connect to people of goodwill everywhere, to build upon civil society, to transcend tribal divisions with timeless values and love. A growing coalition of choice, not coercion. Are you with me? This is the Vince Copley Radio program. Hour number two of our broadcast. We were talking about the release of video from Kevin McCarthy to Fox News and aired by 
Tucker Carlson on his show. This texture says January 6th committee ain't nothing but a bunch of Nancy Pelosi PC SOBs trying to go after Trump. Vince, the media is supposed to provide all the information for you and I to make our own decisions. That doesn't happen anymore. But look what Democrats do when it does. They try to shut it down and throw in some Republicans, too. Before I forget, I was a little disturbed by Tom Tillis, who called into this program last week. He had some pretty uh, choice words to say. This story, reported by WCNC group of Senate Republicans, including North Carolina's Tom Tillis, pushed back on Fox News host Tucker Carlson's description of the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol, with Tillis calling Carlson's remarks BS. Already. He goes on to say, I was there. I was down there, saw maybe a few tourists, a few people who got caught up in things. But when you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, you were just a tourist. You probably should have lined up at the visitor center and came in on an orderly basis. Alrighty. Tillis went on to call Carlson's description of the riot inexcusable. Comparing it to the people who downplayed the violent protests in Wisconsin after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. (sighs) It's just so disturbing from my perspective. In regards to your previous caller, who disagreed with what he thought were your assertions about January 6th, I wonder if he thinks that was more of an assault on our democracy, country, and life than the Antifa and BLM riots of 2020. When they run ads saying, give us what we want or we'll burn the system down. Not even close as to which of the bigger threat. Yet the most ardent supporters of these riots are the most likely to compare January 6th to the Civil War. I love this. This texture simply says, staged, staged, staged. <laughs> and this... He violated federal law by trying to interfere with the results of a federal election. You asked him for one sentence. That was the best explanation that I've heard. Simple and to the point. Then again, I got to give our caller credit. That was very well done. Very well done. We can disagree with that, but he summed it up. And I, again, make the point. If there is a criminal case to be made... You better have a whole lot of facts on which to make that case. So, should I share this? We may as well. Vince, it's so repulsive to hear Tom Tillis on your show. As many times as he has betrayed conservative legislation, he has absolutely no credibility in my book. Manchin is more conservative than Tillis. Alan out of Gastonia. Okay. Vince, if Merrick Garland could destroy Trump, he would, but he can't. See, you can have all kinds of opinions on what you think happened in January 6th. If you don't have the law behind you, you got nothing. And I, (laughs) time will, will tell whether they actually have something on which to hang their hats, because this is so important to them. Yesterday, I believe it was, we told you in real time the developments that were coming out about the horrible killings that took place in Mexico. Two people killed. Fortunately, we've got two survivors in this really uh, brazen kidnapping and murder. We've got more information on who's behind this and the reasons for it, which are just absolutely Sad and ridiculous at the same time. I believe it was News Nation where this interview aired. It was Chris Como having a conversation with Betty McGill's niece, um, was the one who was kidnapped. Betty McGill is the one they're talking with. Haquan Burgess is Betty's son, I believe. They had a conversation with Chris Como on News Nation. Here are their comments about the loss of their loved ones, Latavia McGee and Shahid Woodard. Listen up. 
Latavia, she is a she's a very very knowing person. She is very she's very nice, and she is a very loving mother and friends. She loves she you know she make lots of friends. You know, people you know everywhere she goes, she always make friends and. And Shahid? No, Eric is not really my... Yeah, Shahid, Shahid, he, no, he is very quiet, no. He, he's about the same thing as, no, Latavia. He's very quiet and he helps people. He'll do anything for people if anybody asks him. I'm very sorry and, um, for your loss of Shahid. Yes. Uh, and uh, Haquan, yeah, I appreciate you uh, bringing your mom on and talking to us about this. What did it mean to you when you learned that not only did you lose family, um, but that it was at the hands of a Mexican drug cartel who just maybe mistook them for competitors? Man, I, I mean, I, the feeling just, it, it's just shocking. Like, it's just more like shocking. I just, I, I mean, it's like, I can't believe that it happened. It's kind of like, I don't know, like, it was like, I, I can't believe it, but, you know, it just still shocking. Like, I just don't, like, I don't know what to say. Like. Isn't this sad? I mean, I mean, it's the kind of thing you just don't imagine. A trip that very much should have been routine just across the border and ended up being deadly lost two people they love and care for killed in a shootout and here's part of the motivation behind this it appears they may have been mistaken for Haitian drug smugglers by Mexican cartels Isn't this crazy Latavia McGee traveled down to Mexico March 1st for a tummy tuck procedure. Her mother, Barbara Burgess, told ABC News she was joined by her cousin, Shahid Woodard, 33-year-old, described by McGill as a quiet, very helpful person, and friends Zindel Brown and Eric James Williams. March 3rd, they were attacked by gunmen. And a kidnapping just two and a half hours after they crossed the border. Family members watched in horror, seeing that video that we talked about yesterday of them being thrown into a truck by armed guards. Absolutely horrifying. We'll talk more about this and the new information that has emerged coming up. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, we've set the table in talking about these horrendous killings in Mexico. Mexico shooting, this texter says, sad, but happens every day, multiple times a day in both big and small towns in America. Most violent country in the world that's not at war. Guns, guns, guns. Sad, sad, sad. This person says... Unless you're Billy the Kid, it's probably not a good idea to be running down to Mexico for anything right now. Another person said, Vince, how many times has it been said it's not safe down there? Condolences to the family. There's nothing routine about driving into Mexico. Not very smart. A lot of people for very good reason. Very concerned about the safety of undertaking such a trip certainly would not be on my list of places to go be very clear about that so we've got the new revelation here that 
These Americans were all believed to be Haitian drug smugglers, smugglers by Mexican cartels. This is the reason now being given for this. Breitbart reporting on the cartel boss. Now, soon after the rescue and return of two of the four U.S. citizens kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel in Mataromas, Matamoros, I should say, Breitbart, Texas, learned the identity of the crime boss ultimately responsible for the crimes. A person known in the criminal underworld as Laquina, or Cicla 19, Jose Alberto Garcia Villano, is the current Gulf Cartel operational leader. That's the man behind this. Mexican federal law enforcement sources revealed Laquina has gunmen running security throughout the city. They would be the ones that shot at the four U.S. citizens. The security teams, known as LaGuardia, carry out enforcement operations for the Gulf Cartel and chase rivals when entering the city. I mean, this is how this thing works. If you have this kind of drug operation, one of the things that you are looking for is complete control. You do not want competition. And this was apparently the concern that drove this criminal, cowardly act. Breitbart also reporting ultimately the order to take them out would have to be given by Lakina or someone in his inner circle with his approval. As you know, Mexican authorities were able to find the four U.S. citizens who had been kidnapped. The rescue itself took place at a stash house in a rural area known as Tecolot on the outskirts of the city. The rescue, hours. Hours of raids took place leading up to this with Mexican authorities working with U.S. counterparts, in addition to the FBI. We also learned agents from Homeland Security Investigations from a couple of cities working closely in this case. And as you know, authorities were able to find one man who was injured, a woman, and unfortunately, two men who were dead. They moved the two victims to Veterans International Bridge, where they crossed them in an ambulance to Brownsville, turned them over to federal authorities. Unclear at the time of this story when the bodies of the two other victims will be repatriated. Federal authorities confirmed gunmen chased the white minivan with the four U.S. citizens during the chase. The minivan crashed into a vehicle. The gunmen began firing. One of those stray bullets hit an innocent bystander. With complete impunity, the gunmen were able to throw the four Americans into a white pickup and leave before Mexican authorities arrived. This is just crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. So, what should be the American response to this? What is the response? I, one of my favorite people, uh, no question at all, uh, in terms of journalists. And I told you, I was very skeptical at the very beginning. Peter Ducey, White House correspondent for ABC News. We have a couple of clips from the White House on this thing. And as you know, this, what at the very base is a crime, is also an international incident. And Steve Ducey uh, really comes out swinging here, raising questions about what is this administration doing? Here he is in a conversation with the White House press secretary, Ms. Jean-Pierre. So cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs, and now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Well, let's be very clear. Let me take on the drug part here, because since you brought this up, um, 
because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. That's because of what this president has done. I just talked about 23,000 federal agents that have been able to be, uh, uh, that we've been able to hire and put at the border to secure the border. On top of that, historic sanctions going after traffickers and other financiers are helping disrupt fentanyl supply chains throughout their flow to the U.S. And we're really expanded access to treatments like uh, that are saving lives, if you think about it, which prevent overdoses expanding as, uh, as our fentanyl test trips. Uh, and through the removal of the X waiver, anyone registered to pres prescribe controlled medications can now uh, prescribe life-saving medication to treat addiction. So again, we are seizing fentanyl at record historic levels because of what the because of the of what the president has done to secure our border. <laughs> secure our border. That part is laughable in and of itself. We've got a little bit more from. Ms. Jean-Pierre basically touting the accomplishments of this particular administration. But the question, you know, is still there. What can be done? You know, is this something that we just have to recognize that this country is at a place where um, it's just a dangerous place to be? And until they get their own political situation squared away and actually take control of their own country, to the point where these folks are in fear of the police rather than the other way around, uh, things really aren't going to change. Or do we need to intervene in some way for our own sake? That's one of the questions. We'll talk about that and much more. Get your thoughts as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. And on that text line, from the upstate, good show as usual, Vince. Just a word from an old... Ordinary plowboy U.S. citizen. If the U.S. would cut off all Mexican aid until they got themselves in order, I bet it wouldn't take very long to clean up. Just me, Timmy D. out of Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Vince, you've got billions of drug dollars corrupting everything down there, including corrupt cops. Of course, the gunmen have impunity. Mexico has a violence problem because America has an addiction problem. We have the demand, the cartels have the supply. We have a theory somebody has offered on how this happened, which I won't go into because let's wait until a little more information perhaps comes out about what has happened here. Vince, if Charlotte was on the Mexican border, we'd all be demanding more from the president. Yeah, probably so. Vince, I see our favorite guy, Wink Wink, is introducing a bill for military action in Mexico. I'm not pushing for a war. We do need to focus more of our resources toward these drug cartels down there rather than wasting it all on Ukraine, where we have no real security interest. You know, that's a very good question. And this texter saying we should have let Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders annex Mexico. No, I'm serious, <laughs> the texter says. <laughs> My goodness, just a sampling of some of the items here. We should also add, and I think this is a very thoughtful post, because in the heat of a situation like what has occurred in Mexico, we can all be very furious, and we want to see something done. We want action taken. By the way, the administration 
is saying that they are doing everything they can. Uh, let's listen to a little more from Ms. Green Jean-Pierre talking about the cooperation with Mexico to make things safer. Listen up. Uh, and look, we've also coordinated, uh, made sure that we're coordinated our our our, um, uh, our relationship with Mex with Mexico uh, to deal with um, what we're seeing as it relates to violence, as it relates to cartel. Uh, that is something a relationship that we've continued to build with Mexico, an incredibly important partner. Uh, you saw that when he went down for the summit in Mexico City. So the president is 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 dedicated to this and is doing the work that we're actually seeing at the border. Again, when you th we think about. But to the violence aspect of it, now Americans are being slaughtered. Would President Biden be taking the same approach if it was Al-Qaeda or ISIS operating just across the border from an American city? The president takes this very seriously. He takes this very seriously. The FBI and other agencies have been on top of this uh, from day one. And so that's what he's going to continue to do. Uh, when it comes to Americans' lives and when it comes to their, the safety of Americans, the president's always going to make sure that that is a top priority. Would President Biden ever consider using the U.S. military to disrupt cartel operations? I'm, I'm just not going to get into um, the military <laughs> and how it's being used. Okay. Okay. Won't get into that, by the way. Uh, a really good point made by Jesse Kelly, and I'd love to know what you think about this. Do you agree, disagree? Jesse Kelly putting out on Twitter, send in the military to smash the cartels. May it honestly be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It proves you know nothing about logistics, intelligence, the Mexican government, and how the cartels are woven into the country. Definitely something to consider in whatever our response is. Let's go out to a call from Nick in Charlotte. Good morning, Nick. Welcome to the broadcast. Hello, Vince, my friend. How are you? Hi, doing pretty well. That's great. Look, uh, this thing about the border uh, and what the president has done and is doing, uh, I heard recently a while back there's over three, this is not, off the, not about the cartel, but there's over 300-something thousand illegals coming in daily hmm. into our country. Uh, it's not a fictitious thing. I heard it on the on BT. I'm pretty sure some story well back, and I just don't. This lady, this she said he's what this president has done and doing. Well, I'm not going to say anything negative or ugly about him, but uh, I'll just pray <laughs> for him as I always have been because we're supposed to do that. And that's all I got to say about that. And uh, I yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you, what do you think tangibly? Uh, what should we do? What could we well, do? Vince, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about I'm processing that thought, okay, what you just asked me. What should we do about these illegals and stuff that's happening? Uh, well, uh, you know, back uh, back in 2020, up until 2022, you know, uh, there was a wall being built, and it, I don't think it got finished, if I can remember correctly, but it was helping, I think, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, I think what we should do, if this new 23,000 agents, Border Patrol agents, are now on the payroll for the government, that if they're coming over and they catch them, deport them back to Mexico City, wherever, somewhere besides here yeah so uh we definitely need to have control of our borders one of the big problems here nick i do appreciate your call and uh, what you've expressed here yeah. this is not complicated stuff this really is very simple there's the expectation i think by most americans that th we would have a government that would have our best interest at heart that's the hope anyway also on the text line, this person saying we need nothing more than to open another war front. China, Europe, Mexico, South America. Oh, well, yeah. The billions of dollars to be made by the flow of drugs into our country isn't just corrupting people and politicians on the other side of the border. Otherwise, ours would stop the flow. Follow the money, not the media. Hmm. 
Vince, if the travel advisory was a level four, why didn't the checkpoint officers on the U.S. side of the border turn them back? And to the point from Ms. Jean-Pierre, Biden seems to take a lot of things seriously while simultaneously doing nothing. And we have this, Vince, I lived in El Paso back in the 90s. Illegal stole my Jeep, was running drugs with it, and if you went into Juarez, you needed to bring cash in your shoe to pay off the Mexican police. Eee. Not a good place to be. This is a long-term problem. I think most of you realize that. And it's not going to go away overnight, especially if you're not doing anything consciously to resolve the issue. (laughs) Stay with us. Oh, my goodness. I love coming across a great meme on social media. This is a really good one. A picture of a woman holding coffee in her hand. I don't accept science from people who claim a man can be a woman. (laughs) Pretty clever. Let us go out to a call from Fox out of Fort Mill. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Vince Coakley, my God, I love you, buddy. How are you doing? <laughs> God bless you. Love you, too. Uh, doing well. Thanks for joining us. What's up? Hey, man. First of all, I'd like to say, A, you can't prosecute Donald Trump for January 6th because he didn't take any action. If you tell me to rob a bank and I robbed a bank, am I going to prosecute Vince Coakley for telling me? <laughs> he told me to do it. He Come told on. me to do it. Oh, well, you're oh, a follower. Goodness. That's your own problem, dude. My but goodness. um, but anyway, um, you earlier you were talking about Cop City, and I did a couple videos and did a podcast about that the other day. If you're dumb enough to throw a Molotov cocktail at a cop, and you're dead the next minute, nobody should feel sorry for you. I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. If we don't get some tough love back in our country, we're, we're we're just headed. We're already way headed down the wrong path. But you had a caller. Just a few minutes ago, an old, a guy older than me, I'm 56, I can tell you this guy was older than me. Well, I don't want to talk bad about the border, and I don't want... But, well, 20 years ago, that guy would not have made this, that same comment. He would have called you, and he would have said, our border's a disaster, we need to do something about it, and the current administration is doing nothing. They take zero action. you got a, a, a Department of Transportation leader who won't do anything, say anything to the railroads, I mean, the country is on fire, and there's no firemen trying to put it out. So, uh, why the change? Why you're you're describing here a, a change in culture? Apparently, what's happened? It's a severe culture change. We're we're afraid to offend anybody. We're afraid. I mean, you got these pronouns all over the place. You got this. You got that. We didn't have that stuff thirty years ago, Vince, and we didn't have as many problems as we have now. Yeah, one of the big problems we're not even have able able to have just healthy conversations. It's it's really important to have. Hey, appreciate your call. Do call again sometime in the near future. Love to hear Thanks, from man. you again. Uh, you know, it, I I was having this discussion with someone the other day that just simple things, and we and throw this on top of the fact that a lot of people just simply don't communicate well anyway. <laughs> That's another story for another broadcast. Time for us to take a look at the day in history in the final stretch here. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing well, Vince. Thank you. We're going to have to briefly go through these things, actually very quickly. The first State of the Union address delivered on this day in 1790. Who was that first president who delivered that message? Let's see. It would be whoever the president was in 1790. Adams. Oh, no! The first State of the Union address? That would be George Washington. Oh, okay. George Washington, well, 1790. He what was is... president still in 1790? I didn't yeah, know that. That's a long time ago. Hmm, before term limits. 1817, we had 
The uh, founding of this place where they're uh, doing all kinds of trading, we give figures on this, uh, on the noon reports and at the end of the day, you, you have a whole channel that has the ticker up with this all day. The Dow Jones. Oh, New York Stock Exchange. Okay, 1817 was the year for that. Uh, then in 1917, we had the February Revolution in Russia. We know how that turned out. Not very well. 1923, the six-bottle pack. You know, we take this for granted. You know, the way you put these packages of drinks together? Right. That was an invention of a major uh, soft drink maker, which is, uh, I think, has a major presence here in Charlotte. What was the name of that company? Uh, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I had a conversation with my wife this morning about whether or not a dozen was a proper scientific measurement or was invented by uh, retail. And there's there's the answer there. You know, I, I think there's something to that. I mean, a dozen donuts, a, yeah. a six-pack of beer. You know, there, well, there's... ten would make sense, but... 12 is a little more. You get yeah. marketing involved, you're up to 12. And then yeah. you got to do better than 12, you got a baker's dozen. Oh 16. <laughs> it's marketing influencing math. Marketing, marketing, marketing. How yep. about that? We started off talking about the importance of religion in our society. 1948, Supreme Court ruled teaching religion in public schools unconstitutional. 1973, two bombs explode in the UK. And do you remember 2014? That Malaysian Airlines jet with 200 people it aboard. Disappeared? Is that just one that disappeared? Disappeared. Disappeared. Uh, quite a mystery indeed. Well, our uh, mystery solving and discussing is over for the day. So uh, we want to thank you very much for joining us. I want to remind you, you can continue to follow Vince Coakley. Vince Coakley on Facebook. Just look for the uh, crazy guy with the microphone. That is me, and uh, you can continue to follow this broadcast uh, day after day. Thanks very much, and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.